Well, the New Orleans Saints clearly have a type when it comes to their offensive coordinator search, requesting interviews from some of the candidates from one of the NFL's top coaching trees. We got all of that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? I am your host, Ross Jackson, here on the Locked On Saints podcast, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media covering the New Orleans Saints as the senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked On Saints, I'm going to give you my biggest takeaways from Mickey Loomis's one-hour press conference with New Orleans media. We're also going to be ranking the current offensive coordinator candidates, and we're going to kick everything off by listing those candidates because clearly. The New Orleans Saints have a type. Thank you very much for being an everydayer and making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode and all of our crossover Thursday episodes across the network today for all those playoff teams is brought to you by our friends at PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL and enter promo code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The New Orleans Saints very clearly have a type when it comes to at least the early collection of players, or excuse me, coaches uh, that they have listed on their request list thus far when it comes to their offensive coordinator search. And that type is Sean McVay's coaching tree, right? The type is a Sean McVay disciple. As of right now, the New Orleans Saints have requested interviews with three different possible candidates, including Dan Pitcher, the Bengals quarterback coach who spent time working, of course, with Zach Taylor since 2019. Zach Taylor was hired as the head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals coming off of Sean McVay's staff with the Los Angeles Rams. Zach Robinson, our top candidate here on the Locked On Saints podcast, who is the quarterback coach and pass game coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams, working immediately with Sean McVay and Shane Waldron, the Seahawks offensive coordinator who also worked directly with Sean McVay. So right now the Saints are three for three. It's a small sample size, but three for three for Sean McVay coaching tree candidates. And that seems to be what the New Orleans Saints are looking for. Now, of course, they're going to continue to find other candidates out there that aren't under that coaching tree. Maybe we'll see Clint Kubiak's name called. Maybe we'll see some of these other players end up getting some opportunities, but or some of the other players in this game, right? Quote unquote, uh, get some of some other opportunities outside of that Sean McVay coaching tree. But it is indicative of something if you look at this and see that the Saints' top, like first three interview requests, all come from guys that are under that tree and have been around or or working with Sean McVay directly or a Sean McVay disciple. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that that's something we've talked about here on the show that the New Orleans Saints should absolutely be invested in doing. Bringing from the McVay tree, bringing from the Kyle Shanahan tree, the San Francisco 49ers offense as well could be a very good way to go. The Miami Dolphins offense, of course, gives you a piece of that with their coaching staff. The Houston Texans coaching staff gives you some of that as well, amongst others across the NFL. It's not only the wave or the wave for the New Orleans Saints here, it's been the wave of the NFL 
for quite some time. So it's good to see that the New Orleans Saints are buying into today's trends. You'll also notice that as you look over this list, what you're seeing are a lot of guys that are coming in from heavy passing situations. Now, of course, Shane Waldron and the Seattle Seahawks, that was a very good run team as well, no doubt about that. But what they've done over there with Geno Smith over the course of the past couple of seasons, 2023 less so, 2023 a little bit less so, but still very impressive. Um, Zach Robinson gives you somebody that's coming in from that passing offense that has a lot of disguise, that has a lot of you know, eye candy, motion, all that stuff, working with a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, who isn't terribly dissimilar from Derek Carr in terms of style of quarterback. Uh, Dan Pitcher gives you somebody that's working with that Cincinnati Bengals offense that's all about top talent, featuring playmakers, You know, a quarterback that looks to stand and deliver in the pocket, all of that. We're going to get to kind of ranking these three guys here in a little bit, but I do think that this is a very positive first step for the New Orleans Saints in seeing that their identified external candidates thus far are coming from one of the NFL's top coaching trees, as opposed to from sort of like the college ranks or from some of these sort of, you know, other offensive, you know, systems and things like that. So I really, really like what we're seeing from the Saints in terms of their early attention here. We'll see what that list ends up looking like over the course of the next few weeks. The New Orleans Saints are not going to be in a rush, which I'm going to highlight and discuss a little bit more uh, in a little bit when it comes to hiring their offensive coordinator. So this is really nice. And here's the other thing that I really like about this is that, look, the Saints defense is still one of the top defenses in the NFL, a top 10 defense, if you will, whether you're looking at scoring, whatever, as long as you're not looking at the run game, um, they've been a top 10 defense. And that top 10 defense got a very up close and personal look at that Los Angeles Rams offense in 2023 towards the end of the season, an offense that inarguably brought the most success of any of the offenses that the Saints win against outside of maybe the Indianapolis Colts earlier on in the year. You look at the fact that Matthew Stafford's 120.7 passer rating against the Saints was the highest passer rating that they surrendered all season. Kyron Williams rushing for 104 yards, the highest rushing total in that case up against New Orleans Saints all season long, the only 100-yard individual rusher that they surrendered over the course of the 2023 season. I think that seeing that success up against your defense that's probably something that lingers in your mind a little bit, right? So I like the New Orleans Saints going after coaches that come from that coaching tree, that have worked with that style of coach, that are uh, that are a part of that sort of permeation across the NFL. So really, really good start so far to the New Orleans Saints offensive coaching interview requests. We'll see which of these they're granted, which they're able to you know, pursue and all these other things. But under every case except for Shane Waldron, these are folks that are going to be making upward moves as opposed to lateral moves. So the Saints should be fine in terms of getting these candidates in the building to interview. The big thing now is not only are the Saints interviewing these candidates, but the candidates are effectively interviewing the New Orleans Saints as well. What can you do for me as somebody looking to climb the coaching ranks, if I'm a Dan Pitcher, if I'm a Zach Robinson, and especially if I'm a Shane Waldron, who was a guy that also early got some head coaching whispers and talks and stuff like that as well. So it could be very interesting to see how the head coach search around the league uh, or the head coach searches around the league end up impacting the Saints sort of pool of contenders and pool of candidates but I really, really like where the New Orleans Saints are so far. I like the type that they're going after. I think that this is a very successful start so far. Let's see how this list continues to grow 
over the course of the coming days and weeks. Coming up next, we're going to take a look at all three of these candidates, Dan Pitcher, Zach Robinson, as well as Shane Waldron, because we've got much more for you here today is we're going to rank the three team or the three candidates that the New Orleans Saints have requested interviews with. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This next segment is brought to us by our sponsor, BetterHelp. Sometimes you just need the opportunity to get something off of your chest. Big or small things can begin to eat away at you. So it's important to let that out, especially to somebody that's unbiased in your life. So today, I want to let you know about how I really feel about something that might be bothering you as well. I'm going to stick to sports here. Look, the New Orleans Seats offensive line situation going into 2024 has got me up at night right now. How are they going to improve it? Are they going to make changes at offensive line coach? Where do they expect to see the improvement, the development, all this other stuff? It's got my head spinning going into 2024. And of course, that's a small thing about your favorite football team. And obviously, most problems are bigger than your favorite sports team. So it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking about trying therapy, make sure you get better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and fit your schedule. So visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. All right, family, it's going to go Zach Robinson, Shane Waldron, and then Dan Pitcher for me when it comes to the rankings of the current New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator interview list. Let's discuss why. Appreciate you as always making us a part of your day here on the Locked On Podcast Network and here on Locked On Saints. Don't forget to go and check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 national sports stream on YouTube, the first of its kind on YouTube. You can be a part of history by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube today. So yes, that's my rankings for the three offensive coordinator candidates that are currently scheduled to interview with the New Orleans Saints, or at least whose whose interviews have been requested by the New Orleans Saints. Let me be clear about that. I'm going Zach Robinson at number one. I'm going Shane Waldron at number two, and then I'm going Dan Pitcher at number three. Let's start off with the top guy, Zach Robinson. If you've been listening here, if you're an everydayer and you've been you know, catching sort of all of these conversations around offensive coordinator, all the way back when we were talking about moving on from uh, or parting ways, the Saints parting ways with Pete Carmichael as a possibility, I was talking about guys like Zach Robinson uh, from the Rams and then Clint Kubiak, the guy who works with the San Francisco 49ers, as a couple of my top candidates with Zach Robinson at number one. The reason why he's at number one for me is because I think there's a lot of similarities between what he has worked with, who he has worked with. And what the New Orleans Saints have to offer. Now, do the New Orleans Saints have the same explosive dynamic offense as the Los Angeles Rams? No. But a part of that has everything to do with system because they certainly have talent. That was a big thing that we talked about all throughout the 2023 season for the New Orleans Saints was that they have all the talent in the world, but it didn't seem that they had the offense that was able to elevate that talent. Zach Robinson could be a guy with the knowledge to come in and have sort of the impact. I was asked the question earlier today. Who is he coach? What has he worked with? What kind of offense does he run? And I think the thing that you always want to point back to here is what's the coaching tree and has that coaching tree found success elsewhere? And you certainly have to say yes when it comes to Sean McVay's coaching tree going out into the NFL and going out across the league. So you're looking at a wide zone offense that's incorporating a lot more man coverage. So we talk about wide zone, we're talking about some of those outside zone runs, things like that, a lot of motion in the passing game, moving players around before snaps, all that, but also disguise, disguise, disguise in the midst of all that eye candy. The Rams will run one play out of a formation, then they'll come out 
in a different formation, but then motion the players around back into the formation that they were just in and run the exact same play again because they know that it's going to work. It's that kind of confidence in your system that we didn't see the New Orleans Saints have and that we haven't seen the New Orleans Saints have since Sean Payton left. So I do think that Zach Robinson can bring a bit of that. I also think that him working with Matthew Stafford is a really, really good parallel for Derek Carr. I know they're not exactly the same quarterback. I would argue that Derek Carr has a little bit more ability than a Matthew Stafford, but both of them have big arms. They can still get the ball downfield. They both focus a lot on their on placement in the passing game and all those other things. And they both, you know, run into a little bit of trouble under pressure. And so you're looking at investing in an offensive line. You're looking at investing in your run game to keep the pressure off of that quarterback, which we've seen in Los Angeles, especially when they finally got their running back in Kyron Williams, as long as they were able to keep him healthy, which has really been their running back problem since Todd Gurley. And really during Todd Gurley, that was a big thing for them. Uh, Cam Akers after that, so on and so forth. But you look at the New Orleans Saints and their sort of structure that they have over on offense. They like their pass-catching tight ends, Juwan Johnson. The Rams like their pass-catching tight end in a Tyler Higby. You've got two featured wide receivers, maybe even three in New Orleans right now with Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, and then A.T. Perry has entered the chat. Could they go out there and invest further at wide receiver as well? Bring in a Hunter Renfro, do the, the, the outlandish and trade for Devontae Adams, draft a wide receiver, whatever it might be. Good. Then you've got the guys that can hold those roles like a Cooper Cup and a Puka Nakua. The thing that the New Orleans Saints need, though, that they that the Rams have that they don't is yards after catch, right? They don't have a yards after catch threat really on their team. Rashid Jaheed has the capability of being that guy, but because so much of his work is already done downfield, he gets a lot of his stuff before the catch because he's just so freaking fast. And so you you rely on that a little bit. So I do think that that's maybe a place where they can add some of that talent, but investing around the wide receiver talent is also very important. I think Zach Robinson would come in with a focus on that. I also like the fact that the Rams ran 7.73 play action dropbacks per game throughout the 15 games that Matthew Stafford was healthy in 2023. The Saints over the course of the first five games were just barely over four such dropbacks. And when it came to the play action game, the last five games where their play action game was much more successful is because they were running it with greater frequency and targeting downfield. They were actually throwing beyond the sticks in the play action game. Imagine that. And over those course of the past five games or the last five games of that season, 7.2 play action dropbacks per game for Derek Carr. So I think that there's a parallel there in terms of seeing the improvement of the New Orleans Saints system at the end of the year, the improvement of Derek Carr and the playmakers at the end of the year, and what a Zach Robinson offense that he's familiar with that he would bring into New Orleans could potentially benefit or provide to a New Orleans Saints offense that found success looking at similar things. Okay, so that's candidate number one. Candidate number two for me is Shane Waldron. And a lot of what I just mentioned goes for Shane Waldron as well, just he's a little bit more disconnected from it. The Seattle Seahawks offense, not a lot to write home about this past season, but look, a commitment to the run game, the understanding of how important an offensive line is, and working with a quarterback in Geno Smith that can move around but is a quintessential pocket passer, much like Derek Carr is. I do think that those parallels, those lines do draw, and I think that Shane Waldron would be another excellent hire and already has the play calling experience and the offensive coordinator experience. So I do want to take that into account as well. Finally, number three for me is uh, Dan Pitchard. And look, for me, when it comes to Dan Pitchard, like that's not a bad hire. We're just ranking three candidates and he happens to be the last one. I'd actually genuinely be perfectly happy with all three of these guys, but I will say my one concern 
around Dan Pitcher is working with Zach Taylor and working with Joe Burrow. You'll notice that that Joe Burrow offense, that Cincinnati Bengals offense over there up north doesn't do a lot of play action, don't do a lot of motion. Now that changed a little bit when Joe Burrow was hurt. And all of a sudden with Jake Browning, you saw a lot more of the mobile quarterback stuff, the play action. Like they almost completely changed things around entirely over in Cincinnati. And so Pitcher is somebody that works closely with those quarterbacks, getting uh, the evolution that you needed from a Joe Burrow, but also getting Jake Browning ready and effectively getting him into an entirely what felt like a very different system called by Zach Taylor, run by Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan over in uh, over in Cincinnati. I do think that, that it was an impressive feat and something to definitely keep in mind. I don't think that he would be a bad hire by any means, but I think just in terms of the immediate translation to Derek Carr and the New Orleans Saints roster, guys like Zach Robinson would be number one for me with, of course, uh, Shane Waldron being number two, just ahead of a damn pitcher. So that's the way that I look at it. Let me know your rankings as well. Your one, two, and three. All right, believe it or not, we still got much more for you here on today's episode of Locked on Saints. Mickey Loomis, New Orleans Saints general manager, is not going to be changing his role at all with the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to give you that as well as my biggest takeaways from his one-hour press conference. I'll tell you about it so that you don't have to sit through it. We got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. It's the new year and every one of those small businesses is asking the same question. What are the moves that I can make to take my small business to the next level? And LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success is all about the people that you surround yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs creates the tools that help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. They're much better than the leading competitors out there. New Orleans Saints, they're using LinkedIn Jobs right now, clearly, because they're getting the quality candidates. They were using one of those others out there. We'd be having a very different conversation. Clearly, the Saints are doing it right, and you can too. LinkedIn Jobs gives you all the tools that you need, and they know small businesses wearing a lot of hats. And so, so many different things might end up you know, impacting your ability to have the right resources to hire. And so because of that, LinkedIn Jobs is giving you everything you need to be to make the process intuitive, quick, and easy. So post your job for free today at LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And today's episode also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Game Time Ticket App is absolutely fan. Fantastic. They take all the guesswork out of it. You can see a view from your seat before you even buy your tickets. You can buy those tickets for your favorite sporting events, comedy, theater, musicals, whatever it is that you're looking for, concerts. They've got you covered and they make it super easy. On average, on average, users save up to 18% by using game time to buy their tickets. And those deals go all the way up to before the game starts, to up to an hour after the game or event begins. It doesn't get any better. Live, live that spontaneous life. So take all the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time today. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On to save $20 on your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use that promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Let's get it. Houdat Nation got some big takeaways for you from making Loomis's nearly one hour press conference, including how he is not changing his role or how his role is not changing with the New Orleans Saints 
at all. Don't forget that we are here for you, your team, every day. So make sure you come back for tomorrow's episode on Friday. We're going to be joined by my good buddy, Travis Rogers, over at the Locked on Rams podcast to speak more about all three of these candidates, the Sean McVay offense, what it is that the New Orleans Saints could potentially bring, all that with a specific focus on Shane Waldron and Zach Robinson. But we'll pick up a little bit about Dan Pitcher in the meanwhile as well. So let's take a look here at some of my takeaways from Mickey Loomis's one-hour press conference. Love that he took so long to speak with us uh, on Wednesday. Days are hard. Um, so I want to start off with what with what I mentioned. Mickey Loomis not changing roles with the New Orleans Saints. And so what does this really impact? So what this really impacts is that the Saints are not looking to move Kai Harley up to general manager. Maybe that changes if the you know Carolina Panthers seem to make the indication that they are going to hire him. But look, Mickey was pretty clear that they feel like they have somebody behind Kai. They feel like they have somebody behind Jeff Ireland. Jeff Ireland just did his interview with the Los Angeles Chargers on Wednesday as well. So it seems that they're pretty confident in the guys that are behind them and their ability to go out there and find somebody. But I will say this, that's a risk, right? Like you'd much rather keep the guy that's been kind of steering that for a long time. So it could be very interesting stuff on the way for Mickey Loomis. But one thing that's not on the way is a change in role. Number two, um, he expressly didn't commit to the idea that the New Orleans Saints were done with staff changes. So what we've seen over the course of the last little bit is that the Saints move on. They part ways from Pete Carmichael. They part ways from Cody Burns, the wide receivers coach. They part ways with their offensive assistant in Bob Bicknell. And then Joel Thomas kind of led his own departure by taking the job and interviewing for the job and taking the job over with the New York Giants. I also asked Mickey about that. I asked, was that something that y'all didn't block it, right? Um, Shout out to Matt Paris for the assist on that. And the Saints saw him walk out. Were they planning on making a change at that spot anyway? And he said, no, that was pretty much led by Joel Thomas. He wanted to go out there and see what other opportunities were there. The Saints supported him in doing so. So take that for what you will. Did Joel Thomas want out of New Orleans or did he just want another opportunity? You can make an argument either way, potentially. And so for New Orleans, though, I think the biggest thing that you look at is the fact that are, you know, is is the big question, are they done making staff changes? A lot of people have been wondering about Doug Marone, the offensive line. It's continuously regressed year after year since he's been in town. Is that about the Saints' collection of offensive linemen? Is that about the coaching? What does that all come down to? Um, and look, Mickey didn't really give a concerted or convincing answer that they were done making changes. He basically said, I don't anticipate it one way or another. And so it seemed much like, a, well, we don't really know. And now some of that could come down to the fact that like, look, you hire an offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator comes in the building and says, okay, well, I want to change this person out for this person. I want to bring my guy, you know, for this position and things like that. How married are you to this coach? And I would like to swap that out with this person that I have a working relationship with and stuff like that. So there's a chance that maybe you see that. And so that's why he wasn't committing to the idea that they're done making changes on their coaching staff because that offensive coordinator, once they hire, will bring upon potentially changes or more. Let me not say changes because you're always going to be adding. Obviously, you have open positions, uh, but more departures on your coaching staff. And so it's very interesting that he wasn't really just like, yeah, the moves that we've made for now that we wanted to make as an organization have been made. We'll see if the new offensive coordinator, if there are any changes that come as a part of that. There was no acknowledgement of that. It was just simply, yeah, I don't really anticipate it one way or another. So Saints could still have some other changes 
uh, for the offensive coaching staff on the way. Um, the Saints, when it comes to the offensive coordinator hire, are going to consider Derek Carr in that, right? Finding the right offensive coordinator that will make sense for Derek Carr, but that is going to be led by Dennis Allen. So we talked about last year, like Dennis Allen not really having any excuses left. He was able to rebuild his defensive staff, go out and get the guys that he wanted, all that. Well, now he's getting the opportunity to change out offensive coordinator, and it sounds like he's the one that's going to be at the forefront of that search, and that is going to be ultimately the one to help make that decision. And so with that being the case, he's got to make that decision with his quarterback in mind, but Derek Carr himself will not be tasked or uh, burdened, as uh, Mickey Loomis mentioned, with any responsibility in that decision-making process. So that's a really, really interesting one. Now, that doesn't mean that finding the right offensive coordinator doesn't take into account the quarterback. It certainly takes into account the quarterback, but for the most part, doesn't sound like Derek Carr is going to be a part of like the process and stuff like that. So it's going to be a really interesting thing to see how all of that works out. Finally, the New Orleans Saints have been talking. There's been a lot of talk around the New Orleans Saints, I should say, about a culture shift. And it sounds like that culture shift is less about culture and more about commitment. Mickey Loomis spoke very candidly, but also not giving too much away, obviously, around the idea of needing the roster, needing coaches, needing everybody in the organization to be committed to winning. And I liked the accountability that he showed for that. You don't see this from a lot of general managers, and I certainly wasn't expecting to see it here. I know accountability has been a big conversation for the New Orleans Saints, whether it's been quarterback, coach, whatever. Um, But Mickey Loomis effectively saying that he feels like things have gotten a little bit too comfortable from his perspective, including himself, for the past couple of years. And so he's out here making things uncomfortable. And I think that's a good move. I really do. Now, look, the New Orleans Saints were trying to maintain their culture. Now, all of a sudden, there's a culture issue or a culture shift that's needed. I think that's, you know, I, I hear the alarms around that. But I do think it was interesting to see Den- to see uh, Mickey Loomis come out and basically say, yeah, it's it's on me. Like, I'm the one that's got to create sort of the standard here. And there are some things that basically Mickey Loomis was outlining or like things that wouldn't usually, I'm going to use the phrase that he wouldn't use, which is like things that they wouldn't let slip a few years ago that have been let slipped over the course of the past couple of years. I think you can think back to like, Mark Ingram's appearance on our friend Kay Adams' show, where she was talking over at um, uh, Up and Adams, where she was talking about, uh, where he was joking around with Sean Payton about like, oh, we know the fumbles wouldn't be happening if you was here, coach, and all this other stuff. Uh, Alvin Kamara talking about like not letting things go in practice and all that. Like, those are some of those things that maybe you're also hearing Mickey Loomis echo as well. So he's calling on the entire organization to tighten up, tighten up the ship, and get things to continue to move forward. So those are some of my biggest takeaways. He didn't really touch a lot on the Marshawn Lattimore contract, Michael Thomas, all that other stuff, but I think we kind of know where some of those things are at least indicated in terms of their their direction, but these were some of the clearest takeaways that I could give you from uh, his one-hour press conference. So, And we'll be looking at more stuff as well, including, of course, continuing to look at the offensive coordinator ongoing search for the New Orleans Saints also. So there are your takeaways. Those are the offensive coordinators that are currently requested to interview my rankings for them. All that in today's episode. Appreciate you as always making us your first listen of the day every day here on the Locked on Saints podcast. For your second listen, go and check out Locked on Pelicans. I'm on my way to go and meet Jake at the Smoothie King Center right now. Just finishing up recording on Wednesday night, heading over there. So however they fare up against the Hornets, you're going to want to hear about after you check this out. So head over to Locked on Pelicans and check out Jake 
over there. Appreciate you as always making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holler at you.